Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Sulfur Salt and Mercury podcast. If you've made it to episode 3, I thank you with open arms. As you guys are likely or possibly unlikely aware of that, uh, this is my first podcast venture. So I will be hanging around talking about all things spiritual, spooky and unknown. We'll be talking about scary uh, topics in pop culture such as Slenderman. We're going to be talking about creepypastas. It's the whole shebang. So if you are keen on anything within that category and more, please hang around because this is not only my journey, but it's also yours. Today's topic is going to be about spirit guides or animal guides or guides in general. Now, the reason I chose this topic is because there is such a huge variety of possible guides that one person can really have. There's no limit to how many guides a person can have and whether that is in a more humanoid recognizable form. So let's consider uh, possibly spirits who were once human or angels. It could be animal guides where the guide itself takes the form of an animal and you may see it frequently throughout your life and maybe in your third eye. And then there's also the possibility that a guide could simply be a presence, an energy, an entity that cannot be defined. So I would love to discuss this topic with you guys because I have my own personal experiences um, and I've had some instances that I believe that my guides have swooped in and really helped me out when I could have honestly been severely injured. Now, Gaia.com defines spirit guides into the following categories. However, I do not believe these are limited. These are just some. Now, they can be labeled as archangels, angels, guardian angels and guides, goddesses, ascended masters and enlightened beings ancestors, spirit animal guides, elemental energies, or something residing upon the earth such as a tree, mountain, or body of water. Now this really does open up the discussion into a multitude of things, mainly because it all stems back into energy. All of these things are a form of energy just like us. So just keep this in the back of your mind because I'm probably going to go back into the concept of energy and returning to source energy at some point either to today's episode or maybe further down the track because I am notorious for tangents. So <laughs> bear with me, we're going to do this and it's going to be fine. Now on the topic of archangels and angels, clearly this does stem back to the concept of likely Christianity and Catholicism. Now regardless of what your choice in religious belief is or what your spiritual belief is, that's totally fine. This is an open space, we're not here to judge one another, we're here to have a discussion and to learn things along the way. If you walk away from this podcast thinking this girl is full of shit, then that's fine. <laughs> There's no problem with that. I'm totally cool if you were able to somehow come to come to a conclusion about your personal beliefs, whether it's you're on the same ship as me or you've jumped off the ship. I don't mind. So archangels or angels being a protecting source of pure love is something, like I just said, that stems mostly from the most common religions such as Christianity Christianity, sorry, and Catholicism. So there are multiple levels of angels. Uh, there are archangels, angels as we know them, and guardian angels. I'm not going to get too in-depth with each one, but I just wanted to bring this to your attention. There are different uh, areas that the angels specialize in. For example, the archangel Michael is a leader and aids in mostly all areas of topics and situations, and you can go to him to ask for direction. Moving on, we'll be looking at guides. Now, guides will appear for shorter and longer periods of time in your life. They might be there for the majority of your life and then suddenly leave. They do serve a purpose for the time and place 
of your life at that time. Maybe a guide will appear to help you through a very stressful situation, such as a divorce. It's a very extreme situation. A guide in itself can be an energetic entity. It doesn't necessarily have to be identifiable as an angel or a god or a deity or whatever. It's simply not that. It is an energetic source that is there to serve a purpose and that purpose is to guide you. Interestingly, I don't know why I said it like that, but interestingly, <laughs> I tend to think that the the guide itself can be attributed to intuition and instinct because I personally believe based on the things that I have observed and the things that I have learned that the guide, because it can't be identifiable as a, a humanoid figure or entity or associated with animals, I tend to believe that because it is an energetic source that when someone does feel in their gut instincts that perhaps a situation isn't right or making a decision and there's pressure to pick decision I don't know option A instead of option B but you know although option A is the right option by the rest of the people but your gut is saying no this is not right something is not right about option A I feel as if the guide is the reason why your body and your your mind and your spirit and your soul are pushing you to not choose that particular outcome. I believe it has something to do with the guide trying to let you know that you have to follow this instinct. That, that feeling you feel when something bad is going to happen or you're faced with a forked road and you need to make a choice and you got to pick which way to go and based on your decision... I feel as if the guide contributes to that. We are made of stardust. <laughs> we are made of stardust. And because we are made of stardust, essentially the whole world is made of stardust. The universe is stardust. We are all stardust. And I'm going to say it again, stardust. <laughs> because we are all made of the same energy. We are made of energy matter. We are all connected and if something doesn't feel right, something in the universe, which is made of the same materials as you, is trying to tell you, trying to give you a message. And I think this is a really solid representation of what a guide is. It is an energetic message that is being filtered through the universe to you and your body responding, your mind responding and your spirit responding is is the outcome of that guide trying to present a message to you to guide you to the correct outcome that best suits you in this universe. Now after that little tangent I just had and we're only eight and a bit minutes in, let's get back right on track. Now other possible guides or spirit guides can be classified into goddesses and ascended masters. Now goddesses is such a huge huge category. I'm not going to rattle off all the possible goddesses that fall into so many different types of religions. Instead, I'll give some examples which are taken from Gaia.com. Now, one of them which immediately caught my eye because I have such a love for Nordic mythology and history. I adore shows like Vikings um, and what was the one I watched recently? Ragnarok. I, I, I love that there are so many cultures that still worship and respect old gods. Old gods that are older than time. So I'm going to list some of these gods. I'm not going to bore you with a lifetime of possible choices, but I will talk about some of them. So looking at this list, there's quite a few. So Durga, the Hindu divine mother. There's Fortuna, the Roman goddess of fortune. Freya, God bless Freya. Freya, the Norse goddess of fertility, sexual liberty, abundance, and war. Now that is a bitching combination, honestly. As a female, someone who identifies as a female, I adore female embodiment 
regardless of whether like what's between your legs like regardless it doesn't matter I adore female embodiment and embracing the female sexuality and being strong at the same time having assertive behavior but also asserting your own sexuality is just that's power to me that's respect that's being your own person. So the fact that Freya, the Norse goddess of fertility, sexual liberty, abundance, and war, war, this woman will take you down and she's going to be banging when she does it. Two other goddesses I'll uh, give an honorable mention from this list is Gaia, the Greek primordial earth mother. Now, Gaia has come up many times in so many podcasts I've listened to, books I've read, stories, TV shows on Netflix, uh, even movies. Uh, I saw a shaman lady, maybe... I want to say two and a half years ago with a very close friend of mine, my soul sister Shana. We saw her a couple of years ago and she used the name Gaia as a representation of who she was and who she felt she very closely uh, could relate to and that's where she found her guidance. Um, I think Gaia being the earth mother is one of the coolest things ever. I read a story once, and I'm not sure if this was Gaia, but there was a goddess who um, was by herself, and she was made of stars and moons and planets, and she was lonely, so she made love to herself, and when she orgasmed, she gave birth to the universe, including the earth. Now, I don't know if this means she birthed Gaia or if she is Gaia, and maybe I'm just getting my mythology and my stories crisscrossed, but when I see the word Gaia, I think of this story, and I think it's such an empowering and very epic short story. The other goddess I want to mention is Isis, the Egyptian mother goddess and matron of nature, magic and creativity. Now I have spent so much time cultivating my own personal growth to reach my higher self. I have had to shed a lot of trauma and I am still working on healing. I have found my soul sisters and we are a strong bunch of people who we we basically support one another regardless of our interests regardless of what we're going through whether it's a bad day or a good day um we're all our own persons and we have so much respect for one another i have had to shed quite a lot of negativity over the past couple of years whether it's personal or career-wise or just trauma on a molecular level and in doing so I have learnt to reconnect with nature. I have decided that there is no shame in the fact that I am both light and dark, whether that is within my blood, within my genetics, or it's because that I simply do not believe that being a person of light and and just being nice and positive, I simply do not believe that is always the answer. It's simply not because when I see someone I love, whether it's my partner or one of my closest friends, someone I view as my sister or whether it's actually my blood relative such as my brother, if I see something or hear something that hurts them or is just unjust or they're suffering pain, my natural instinct is to fight for them and it's just in me. It's just in me so... When I look at Freya and I look at Isis where they're connecting with nature, they are embracing who they are, whether it's fertility and abundance and war, whether it's nature, magic and creativity, that resonates with me. So those sort of things, when you have a guide and you choose a goddess, you can feel it. You can feel it in your bones when you read these things and you reach out and you sit down and you just be present, you can feel those things in your gut and you know, you know if you're meant to have that guide because if you weren't, you wouldn't be feeling it. You would not be feeling it. 
Ascended Masters are quite an interesting interesting topic, I want to say, because depending on what your background is and what your beliefs are, you may or may not be, what's the word? You may or may not be um, enticed, I guess you could say, or driven towards the idea of an Ascended Master. So, Gaia.com describes Ascended Masters as enlightened beings upon Earth who spiritually transformed, aka Ascended. They make their presence known to us, to guide us in our work, to raise our vibrations in order to bring about the greater growth within ourselves. So immediately in my mind, coming from a predominantly uh, white European country, first thing that comes to my mind is Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't identify as Christian or Catholic. Um, however, I do have enough knowledge about the religion itself uh, to be able to understand quite a fair bit. Now, Jesus Christ uh, is listed here as the world's saviour and teacher to bring peace and brotherhood. Um, I'm not going to get super religious political about anything right now, um, but it is a very good example. Uh, other examples are Confucius, born in 551 BC. He was a well-educated scholar. His teachings emphasised the growth towards perfect virtue in every thought, word, and deed. So in both of those descriptions, we're looking at positivity and light. Another one which is worth a mention is, oh, I'm going to butcher this, Gautama Buddha. <laughs> Let's go with Buddha. One of the great enlightened ones represents wisdom energy. Now it's really interesting that the word energy is there because I'm seeing the word energy everywhere. I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. I'm seeing it just in things I read randomly, whether it's, you know, a, maybe I pick up a magazine while I'm sitting in a waiting room. It's there. It's almost like seeing the same numbers everywhere. And I don't know anything about numero numerology or, you know, the lucky number 11, you know, when you make a wish at 11, 11. I mean, I still do it, but it's more of a funsy thing for me. It's not so much something where I bank on it. Obviously, I do believe something deep down if I'm doing it, but similar in a similar sense, the word energy I'm seeing a lot, like I did just now, and it's kind of cool that it's in the same sentence as Gautama Buddha. Uh, Ascended Masters, I feel as if this will be the guidance that a lot of people are going to follow, especially with Jesus Christ and Mother Mary. My mother herself is very much involved with Mother Mary, even though she comes from a family of witch doctors. There is a blended practice there. We can talk about that another time though, otherwise I'll be talking for hours. <laughs> so Ascended Masters are essentially persons who were spiritually transformed into an uh, energetic being which then guides us to raise our vibrations. The next couple of topics really resonate with me and it really depends on whether they would resonate with you. Um, the topics being shamans, sacred elders, wisdom women, and ancestors. Now, I always knew, I always knew that I had a horde of entities and spirits, whether they were guides or not, that trailed me. And that's because I would always see them randomly in the corner of my eye. Sometimes I would feel them brush my hair. Sometimes I would hear them and it could be dead quiet and I would hear them. There was a period of time where they disappeared and it was dead silent. And I'll admit, although it was scary having them there, it was scary and not having them there. It was very odd. After I actually met Gaia, she was able to tell me that there was about seven, give or take. There was a young Asian girl. She believes that this was actually someone who is a blood relative on my mother's side um, who either passed away before birth or is an elder who was representing themselves as a younger woman, a young child. She also thinks that 
there because there is a fairly strong bloodline of witch doctors that the noise that I'm constantly experiencing and the noise I feel I am experiencing could be identifiable as a form of anxiety not excessive but just uh, the the problem of just overthinking everything um, over analyzing situations whether I verbally communicated or not I believe that's where the noise I call it noise comes from um, now ancestral guides or ancestors uh, from my understanding they only want the best for you because they have ascended, they have moved into the next energetic level. Their vibrations are high as, as bad as, or as great as it sounds, depending who you are. They only want the best for you because you are of their bloodline. You are the next representation of who they are. You might even be the next part of them. When I mentioned energy, source energy and we're all stardust it's one of those situations where i'm just guys i'm just gonna do it the tangent's happening it's just gonna go for it i have this theory and i really like this theory and take it or leave it again if you want to walk away and say this girl's batshit crazy i'm not i'm not going to be mad because you're here for a reason something's caught your eye and we're having a discussion I'm putting my thoughts out there. Take it or leave it. I'll take no, no offense at all. But you're here for a reason. So if if you get through three minutes of this podcast or the whole podcast and you leave with food for thought or you're able to suddenly make a decision that has helped you in some sort of way, I'm pleased with that. So let's do this tangent. So my my concept, more or less, is that because we are all made of the same energetic matter, we're represented slightly differently in many ways, whether that's, you know, materialistic items or living beings or flora and fauna, we are all energetic matter. Essentially, we are the same. We're just represented in different ways. When we pass away or we die or, you know, something's broken down again to be used once more, we are returned back to source energy. And when I say source, I mean the hub. Let's call it Gaia. We return back to the hub and we are reproduced as something else. In a more practical sense, let's just say I pass away and I'm buried into the ground and I slowly deteriorate into the earth and then the earth reproduces me as something else, whether that is a flower, a bee, another human. It could be anything. In a sense, it could be viewed as reincarnation, but at the same time, it's an acknowledgement to energy, the energetic source that we are all connected to. Do you ever walk into a room or see a person and you might not even know the person, you might not even have walked into this room before and suddenly you feel sadness or maybe just elated happiness. Maybe you see someone and although you might not know them, when you look at them, an emotion washes over you. I think we are all connected in one way or another and that's where energies come in. So I needed to put that out there because I keep seeing this word everywhere and it's really playing on my mind and I needed to share that with you. So going back to ancestors, because I know for a fact that I've got at least one, maybe two, who follow me around and they help me make decisions. I don't want to view them as ghosts because I don't think they're ghosts. I think they're a higher vibrational source and they help me make decisions and they represent themselves in my own conscious voice. So I'm not hearing an unknown voice or a separate voice when I'm looking at something from an analytical perspective or I'm making a judgment call because I am in a management position in my employment. I not only follow an analytical procedure, but I also listen to what my brain and what my thought process is. And I sometimes think that in many instances, it is my ancestors speaking to me on a human level, on an emotional level, even as a gut feeling. So many people 
may be able to resonate with this, but others might not. And that's totally cool. If you feel that your guide is an archangel or maybe even an animal guide, which we'll get to, then that's totally cool as well because you as yourself, as a stardust and magic and an energy field that is beyond anything that can ever be described, you feel and you know what is your guide and where your decisions stem from and your outcomes. Okay, let's talk about animal spirit guides and elemental spirits. I'm very, I'm like excited to talk about these two topics, mainly because I can really relate to both of these. I don't know if maybe I am just an energetic magnet <laughs> because once I start telling you guys about my own experiences because now this podcast episode is going to go forever um, I feel as if it will all make a lot more sense and should you guys walk away with a better understanding of your intuition the the feelings that you feel when you're faced with decisions and the voice in your head whether you have a voice in your head or not or whether you just process information as it is in front of you and as you receive it if you can walk away with some sound confirmation for whatever reason I will be pleased <laughs> so spirit uh, animal guides. Now, I love this so much. Have you ever seen in TV shows where the black cat just keeps appearing and the black cat is bad news? The black cat going to do some bad things, bad luck heading your way? I don't believe that at all. Black cats are a stigma. Unfortunately, they are also, um, there's a lot of them in pounds and rehoming uh, volunteer uh, situations and it's simply because there is an ongoing stigma now regardless of what animal we're going to discuss right now spirit animals are here to assist us on a very calming and I don't want to say I don't want to say that yes they are coming but I don't want to paint it as if they are treating us as if we are unsure and we need to be babied through a situation. I think it is more of a gentle approach because when we see an animal, we generally aren't going to be alarmed. I mean, unless, you know, you turn around and there, there, there is a Bengal tiger in front of you. Um, if we do see an animal, we're not going to view the animal in the same sense that we view a human. For example, if you're walking through a park on the way home and it's becoming a bit darker, the way you respond to seeing a cat at the end of the footpath versus a human at the end of the footpath is going to be vastly different. So I believe that spirit animals serve a separate purpose where they help you uh, grow in a more gentle way to reach a higher vibrational level. So we can become closer to our higher selves my personal experience with spirit animals is huge <laughs> huge being that from day dot I have had a love for animals my parents always had cats dogs lizards birds frogs you name it we probably had it as long as it was a legal animal in Australia I have a very strong connection to animals I own quite a few of my own pets uh, who are all wonderfully well behaved and very responsive to me as their alpha. I guess you could call that an alpha. And funny that I say that because my dog, she is an amazing animal. I look at her and I see so much good in her eyes. My dog will listen to my partner giving her a command, but then she will look at me for confirmation. <laughs> And then I will repeat it and she'll do it. So in a sense, I feel as if a spirit guide can literally be a real life animal. In some instances, someone 
might actually look at this, especially if you're a witch, you, you might actually view this animal as your familiar. Uh, familiar being that a spirit has taken on the form of an animal, whether that is an earthly spirit, whether that is a, an unknown spirit, an entity, uh, a sprite of sorts, whether it's taken on the form of an animal, um, some people may view it like that. Other people may view uh, animal spirit guides as if they are reoccurring imagery. For example, maybe you see uh, gecko artwork randomly. Maybe you see a keychain that's a gecko. Maybe you go walking out to the shops and someone's wearing a t-shirt that has a gecko on it. You just keep seeing lizards everywhere. It's symbolism. And the universe presents us with these, these images so we can take on that message and interpret it as necessary. So spirit animals for me personally, I resonate with quite strongly because I love my animals so much and if I didn't have a single ounce of self-control, which I'm almost at that point, <laughs> I would adopt every animal I saw. I could walk into a pet shop and buy all of them without a single thought. But the self-control part of me, which thankfully still exists, prevents that from happening because we are living in a rental and if you're from Australia you know it's vastly impossible to just up and purchase a home it's just not possible it takes many years to save up to purchase a home to have your own freedom to have as many animals as you like I believe that majority of humans have a spirit animal some people are terrified of birds, but some people love birds. And I think that's because something within them resonates with the idea of a bird. Maybe they have the same molecular energetic, energetic makeup as that bird. Maybe they were taken from the same batch. Going back on that energy spiel, guys. <laughs> so for me, with spirit animals, I have a large quantity of tattoos which direct and hint and don't not even hint, like blatantly display canine features. I have a wolf, a geometric wolf. I have the paw print of my dog on me as well. Um, and I also have the skull of a wolf on the back, on my back predominantly with uh, ram's horns. I do not have any type of overall obsession for wolves or dogs. I, I'm not what you know people might call or identify as like a horse girl. You know you have those people who just love horses or dolphins. I don't have any of that really around my life but there is something about the wolf energy that sticks to me and when I look at my dog I sense that I sense that pack mentality and working together and loving one another and being companions so everyone I believe does have a spirit animal guide whether that is literal frogs or maybe it could be cats it could be horses because there's nothing wrong with a horse girl <laughs> Now moving on to elemental spirits, guys, part of my healing journey was discovering that I really like indoor plants. I am one of those people. I at first was like, this is a collecting sort of phase. And then I found that whenever I put my fingers in the dirt, especially when I was repotting my plants, I would zen out. It was almost like I was in a trance and I would just methodically, you know, work my way, mixing all the different soil mediums together, getting new pots, repotting, replacing, putting the plant either back in its location or moving it to another location as the sun would change with the seasons. So I feel that humans should always revert back to nature and in combination with animals, if possible, because it grounds you, it returns you back to source energy, so you're able to replenish and heal those parts of you that have been damaged 
because of the hustle and bustle of just trying to be a goddamn adult. Just plainly, that's literally it. You ever just pet a dog and you're like, damn it, this was, that's just awesome. Look at that dog. I've got to go pet that dog because you know it's going to release those happy hormones in your body. And making that connection with an animal or nature by going for a walk in the park and you take your shoes off and you press your feet into that grass and you hope to high hell you are not going to step on a bindi. (laughs) But you are reconnecting with flora and fauna, which is the purest part of source energy it is it is where we go back to replenish our souls our spirits to heal parts of ourselves that that ache that hurt I really should take some of my own advice because as I learn and I grow with every passing day and I embrace the parts of myself that are both light and dark that I recognize that I am stardust that I am this force to be reckoned with and so are you guys I should take my advice and go for a walk barefoot through the park because in my mind logically I know that by pressing my feet into that grass or that sand or that dirt or even that mud I'm going to feel grounded so elemental spirits can literally be the earth the soil Mountains, rivers, waterfalls, sand, dirt, trees. It could even be a plant. I recently rewatched Spirited Away because oh, just Studio Ghibli, it just makes it just makes my skin and my my heart and the, my whole body just relax. <laughs> just relax and then I can sleep like a baby. I recently watched it. And having learnt that the young boy in it was actually the spirit of a river. The spirit of a river. That was the representation of the spirit of the river. And having learnt that, because it had been so long, it had been so long since I've watched it, it made me feel and realise that energy, again, can be represented in so many different ways. Some people go swimming in the ocean because it just feels damn good. I personally do not like swimming in the ocean. Don't know if it has something to do with the fact that I am an an air sign. Uh, being Libra, I just... I have no problem flying. <laughs> I just feel like swimming. I'm quite fleeting and quite petite and like the ocean's going to pick me up and throw me somewhere. But anyway, knowing that in Japanese mythology and folklore and storytelling that they are able to convey the spirit of nature, a river, into a story and it it, it embodies an essence makes me really believe that there's substance there there really is substance there especially with my 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 explanation with people going swimming in the ocean and just feeling cleansed and restored afterwards there is something in us that draws us to nature and again draws us to animals because something in our hearts and souls is shared it's mutual with these elements and these animals. So your elemental guide might be skiing. Maybe you are an ice baby and your elemental spirit is an ice baby and that's where you go to replenish. Maybe you enjoy skydiving. I personally would cry, but maybe you enjoy skydiving and just free falling in the air. The air, it goes through your hair. You're breathing it in. It's pure. It is pressing against your skin maybe that's what you need to replenish me i like to dig my hands into the dirt (laughs) i love it when it rains as well something about the rain it's i feel the temperature drop i can feel the sensation of the humidity changing i can smell it as well it's so divine okay Let's get to the good part now that I've gone on a 39-minute tangent. How do you connect with your guides? How do you determine who your guides are? What 
what do you do when you have your guides? So these are things that probably have crossed your mind and there is no one way to do this. I'm just going to be frank with you. There is no one way manual to determine any answer for those questions. All I can do is let you know what I did and how I got to where I am and how I continue to try my best to reach my higher self while being the authentic self at the same time. I realized that I was being influenced by, let's just say my dreams or thoughts at an early age, probably my early teens. I think this stemmed from my mother's stories from the Philippines, majority of which were supernatural or paranormal based stories. And this was a sign from our ancestors to carry on the tradition through me. Not so much not so much through my brother, more so through me. I was the one more or less chosen because I was more open to the concept. So through these stories, I developed an interest and these interests continue to grow. And at this time, I willingly opened myself up to welcome instances and situations to occur. I welcomed my spirit guides, my animal guides, my goddesses and deities to enter my life when needed and when appropriate as well. Because to ask everyone to just turn up would be too overwhelming. The next thing I did was I started to pay very close attention to my dreams. I am someone who likes to pay attention to detail, whether it's real life, dreams, movies, TV shows, books. I like to watch the expression on a person's face change while listening to someone speak to them. It's something I like to do. So attention to detail was something that really brought me in when I realized that my heart sang out to my domesticated pets I knew that these things needed to be in my life whether it was the essence and the energy and the spirit and the soul of these animals I knew I was meant to have a journey with them therefore I do look at my domesticated pets as both familiars and spirit animal guides anyone of my friends who have met my pets would probably see that too. They are not your generic cat and dog or even rabbit or snake. They are just, they're a different type. <laughs> they fall into a spectrum that I can't describe. The next thing I want to recommend is that when you start taking note of your dreams and your surroundings, you're gonna start to see patterns because that's how the universe conveys messages to us patterns. Similarly to when you are attracted to a certain type of person and maybe they are not a good type of person for you. For example, for me, I liked jerks. I just liked jerks and I had to go through two rounds of traumatic jerks before I ended up in a place that I can only describe as pure love and connection. My twin flame. The universe presented those two cases to me because I didn't learn the first time so it gave me a second round and I got through it I snapped out of it and realized hmm let's not do that one again <laughs> and it sounds awful but that's how it was for me personally so when you start paying attention to your thoughts to your feelings your intuition your dreams and repetitive imagery and situations in your life you are opening yourself up and you will then begin to accept and learn and identify who these guides are. I knew I had family members with me and that's because it was something that was considered very normal on my mother's side. And this is not to be confused with ghosts. These are ancestors who are guides. I identified animals as a sense of guide because... I was always drawn to them and they were always there for me and I've developed a connection with them. Now, when it came to embracing the light and the dark in me and becoming, for lack of better description, the witch that I am and want to be and continue to raise my vibrational self to a higher self, it's, it's a continuous journey, <laughs> to when I acknowledge that and 
basically submitted myself and just submerged myself to allow these changes to happen, to embrace these changes and to welcome them, I then realized that I wanted a deity. I didn't know if I wanted the deity or if the deity reached out to me and was like, I need you to know about me because I'm here. I'm here now to make you the powerhouse that you're meant to be. I'm not sure which way it went, to be honest, but one day I woke up and realized that I wanted to be, no, no, I take that back, not so much be, but I wanted to be the voice of several, let's go with three different deities and goddesses. I think of them quite frequently and it really just depends on the situation, uh, whether I'm calling upon strength and help, whether I am wishing upon uh, my third eye, or maybe it's just a really shitty situation at work and I just I just need guidance and I need help and strength but essentially I realized that I wanted to be the voice and reason and powerhouse that Lilith Adam's first wife was I wanted to be the strength for others including myself especially for my soul sisters and I think this is where the fight in me comes from it's a fight that is very very pride driven as well as protective I've been called protective many times not for silly things but more so that I read people pretty well especially the people that I love and I will voice and implement actions if I need to to protect them and I think that's the Lilith in me the next thing, uh, well, the next goddess that I realized was very much in alignment with my goals, my personality, my, my source energy, and I almost believe they were always there. It just took me a while to recognize it because I was in denial for a very long time about the light and the dark within me. But essentially it was Hecate. It was Hecate, the first, the very first supernatural witch known to man and all all this time I knew I knew the dark goddess was someone I needed to embrace and why I didn't I don't know I don't know why I didn't I just one day I woke up and I was like Hecate and perhaps it was because I had opened myself up and started researching about spirituality, about witchcraft, about uh, the different types of religions there are. I started researching into uh, taking on my own studies to understand uh, mysticism and spirituality. I had become a beacon and I think at that time Hecate reached out to me and said, baby girl, I'm here. Let's do this. And I'm grateful because in doing so, my intuition has exploded. I'm so grateful because of that. The last one, and a lot of controversy with this one, but, but I'm going to just say it because there's no reason not to, and it's Baphomet. Baphomet originally was a deity of knowledge and birth. Baphomet appeared a lot during 2018 for me and it was the first one I recognized from memory I'm pretty sure it was the first one reason being is I saw ram's horns everywhere and it was the universe delivering this message to me again telling me look you need to prepare this is this is your your notice this is your first warning my dear girl that you're about to be slammed with a lot of knowledge and it happened it happened. I didn't have to go far, didn't have to look far. I just know. I just know. And at that time, I didn't know. But now that I know that I reflect back and I was given warnings left, right and center, I could pull a reshuffled deck of tarot cards and any card I pulled out every time would result in Baphomet. Every time. I could go click on a website maybe it's a clothing website and their banner would be ram's horns i would go to the shops 
and maybe the logo on the coffee cup would be Ramsons. Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. It got to the point where I was like, I can't escape you, man. It's it. Alright. In you come. And then I actually ended up buying uh, a little totem. A little um, icon of him. And now he sits in my house, keeping me safe and reminding me that as above, so below. Where there's light, there's dark. There is no point in rejecting either. Because I am both. So that's how I came across my deities, my goddesses. I know that I have ancestor guides following me. There are several others, but I'm not 100% on them yet. I know for a fact that I have my ancestors. Um, I do have someone else, but I do want to talk about it in a separate podcast because we've hit our limit here. Um, but essentially... There is no one way to discover your guides. There is no one type of guides. And it is very common for everyone to have a multitude of guides. Consider me. I can resonate with indoor plants and gardening and putting my hands in the dirt. I can also resonate with the rain. I can resonate with several goddesses and deities. I also listen to my ancestors. There is no right or wrong way to do this as long as you are on the path that you need to be. You follow your instincts and you aim to reach your higher vibrational self, whether that is the purest and purest of pures or if it means pure badassery. We all have a plan for ourselves. It's just a matter of getting there. You are the boss at the end of the day. So I'm going to wrap this up here. I talked a lot. This is a long episode. I had a lot on my mind and I just wanted to share it. So if you guys have any questions, queries, concerns, please hit me up. Again, and as always, I am not a professional at this. I am sharing my experiences and knowledge and I hope that this will help you walk away with food for thought. Maybe you're able to clarify a decision now and maybe you can choose an outcome. Whatever the case, I send nothing but good vibes your way and have an awesome one. I hope to see you in the next one, guys. Bye.